0: Try something with me real quick. Think about what emotion you are feeling right now, in this moment. Got it? Now ask yourself, would I ever choose to feel this way? That's a pretty simple way to look inward that my expert today taught me in under a minute. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Nina, the Midlife Revolution Specialist. Nina has over 17 years of professional experience in helping people change the directions their lives are headed in. She gained some of her knowledge by living through the hardest parts. And today she's going to help us develop a blueprint to not just write the next chapter of your book, but to write a whole new book altogether. Nina is also a listener of the show and a fantastic person, as if you needed any more reason to be convinced to hear what she has to say. If you're an expert in anything at all and want to share, email dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on any of the social media pages. I'd love to have more listeners as guests because they always seem to be the best ones. For now, let's start changing from the inside out. Welcome to the show, Nina, the Midlife Revolution Specialist.
1: Hi Colton. Hi,
0: thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you tell the audience about yourself?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited. Um, So I'm Nina, I'm the Midlife Revolution Specialist. And I basically specialize in helping people overcome adversities and turn any situations from tragic to magic to get better, not better, and to make life great again. Um, in simple steps. My background is um, in transformation and change. So I have over 17 years of experience and professional qualifications um, and expertise in transformation and change, leadership and management, coaching and mentoring in HR, and I'm currently studying the psychology um, and neuroscience of mental health. So I've always been super passionate about the human potential, which I believe is infinite. And um, so that's a lot of my studies. I basically finished one thing and I dive straight into the next thing because I feel that there's so much that, you know, we can learn and discover.
0: Well, and that's awesome. Having this like, you know, never ending path to knowledge. I'm always gonna be studying, I'm always taking in something new. That's so awesome because so many people just kind of like stop at some point.
1: Yeah, I think uh, because traditionally we see education as something that you do when you're younger, and then by the time you get into the world of work, it's like you learn on the job, um, and you do, and of course, life gives you so many lessons, you know, I don't think any qualification can beat the lessons that you will get from life, and however, I do believe that to have fully rounded knowledge that I feel very passionate about, and to be able to look at situations and, and decisions holistically, I want to make sure that Anything that I do in life and any experience that I have got, I also have some knowledge and professional qualification in it. So I know what I'm talking about. And it's not just something that maybe I've experienced once and then I feel like I'm an expert in something. Um, I mean, I don't want to undervalue expertise, you know, based on life experience, of course, is key. But at the same time, I believe that if I'm working with people, especially I want to make sure that I have looked at whatever I'm, I'm working on from all different angles and and from all different aspects to really be able to support someone in the best possible way.
0: Yeah. And I think that lines right up with the show, which is why it's so awesome to have you on, because that's the whole thing is, you know, come check out whatever expert it is this week or this day, because likelihood is you don't know the whole story about it. And that's part of what I love in you describing it you're like, yeah, I take things from tragic to magic. And I'm like, well, let's hear about this transformation.
1: (laughs) Well, Project to Magic, actually, started a, that saying started as a bit of a joke, uh, because my, so my personal life fell apart completely and monumentally um, just after uh, midnight on New Year's Eve, this New Year's Eve just gone 2021, 2022. And uh, part of my life falling apart was going through divorce um, and just starting with a blank page. And one of the posts I did on social media was a bit of a joke. And I said, oh, I'm taking my divorce. I'm going to show people how to take a divorce from tragic to magic. And because everyone had seen how I bounced back. So initially when everything happened, um, a lot of, um, and I understand where it's coming from, but a lot of people would say, you know, this will be a new chapter. It's going to take you two or three years to get over it and to move on. And I thought, no way, this is an opportunity to write a new book, not just a new chapter um and no way am i investing two or three years of my life my time my energy my emotions in something that has already happened that it's already the moment is gone i can't get it back i can't fix it i can't bring any solution to it like the only solution is to be able to build something new and something different um so that's where the tragic to magic came from and then actually everyone picked it up and they're like this is what you do this is what you've done your whole life because My life falling apart isn't the first adversity I've ever faced, and I um, I basically just always look at every situation and think, you know, how can I make the most out of it and use it as a foundation, no matter how bad it is, as a foundation for something much better in, in the future.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said there, where you're like, we're not going to write a new chapter, we're just going to start a new book. Because it feels like when people are like, oh, well, this is a new chapter of your life, That means I have to, like, write this chapter to be connected with the previous one, and there needs to be, like, a common plot to the next chapter. You know, speaking from very novice writing experience, I think that's how it works. But when you're like, oh, it's a new book, like, oh, well, then we just get to scrap all the old stuff and start fresh, right?
1: 100%. And that's exactly how I felt. For me, a new chapter would be a continuation of the same story and being in the shoes of the same character. And I thought, well, actually this is an opportunity to create a brand new character and to create a brand new life. Um, And I believe that, you know, our time on this planet is is literally so brief. Like we feel like we've got all the time in the world, but it does go so quick. And I feel like if we have got you know, if it's driven by, whether it's driven by an adversity or it's driven by a desire to create something different, if you have got an opportunity to create something different, like why not try it? Because I think ultimately, my first uh, revolution or transformation in life was actually uh, driven by a desire to create a better life. And that was when at the age of 20, I moved from Poland to the UK. Didn't speak a word of English, didn't know anyone. But I thought, well, if I want to do anything in life, I'm going to have to learn English. So I went for it. And that's how I created the life that was way beyond my wildest dream dreams, which then fell apart on New Year's Eve. But my the thinking behind the chapters versus writing a new book was well, A, I will have to stay the same character and, and have continuation of the same story. But B, I already know how to create that life. I created it once. I can recreate it again, right? And um, obviously with a different person or whatever, but I can do a similar thing. Like if you've done something once, you know how to do it again. So I thought well, it would be interesting to do something completely different, right? And because the, the world is so big and I feel so passionate that. We have so much more opportunity now than ever before. Like the possibilities are endless. I think, especially we, for us, like we live in very privileged countries. And not even that long ago, people had to fight for the freedoms, for the independence that we now take for granted. And we literally have the world at our fingertips. So I thought, okay, with all of that around me, it would be foolish not to go for something completely different and create something brand new. So, so that's where it came from. But of course, Each person, I feel like as humans, you know, we all choose our level of adventure and not everyone is that for starting with a blank page like I was, but um, at the same time, if you don't have to start with a blank page in terms of your whole life, you can just look at an area of your life and and rewrite it and, and change it, especially if there is something that you've always wanted to do or something that you want to transform or something that you want to change, there is literally no reason not to do it, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, in pushing yourself to be better, you know, like, oh, I am going to write the way I want to write. I don't need to be connected to this old thing that I used to let define me. Do you think it's part of that, like, hard separation where you've drawn a line and you're like, that was the old story. This is the new one. Does that help you move past some of this, like, you know, hardship that can come from just bad things in your life?
1: It does, because I I believe, I mean, I always treat myself as a project, (laughs) hence also the learning. But it helps me to think, Okay, well, what's the next vision or what's the next life that I want to create? And then you create the vision and the kind of direction of travel. Um, And then you you have to think, who do I need to become in order to execute this and deliver this? Because surely I am not that person yet. If I was, I would have already done it. So then that helps me to think, Okay, well, Nina, the character that I want to create for that specific vision and the life that I want to create. Like, who is this person? How do they behave? What are their beliefs? What are they thinking? What emotions are they driven by and so on? And I find that very, very exciting because that really helps you to look within and and analyze and that's something that I feel we don't really do because we get so busy with life and you get so busy with the day to day and kind of, you know, one day follows another um and we're constantly rushing we very rarely stop and think what is in my head and like what are my beliefs and what do i really want and then of course the busyness of life and sometimes pressure of society and so on you feel like you need to spit into a cookie cutter that has been created for for the world and for us as society but in my opinion if you look at the state of the world and the fact that there's eight billion of people now, and one over one billion of people are now reporting mental health issues, people live with depression, people live with anxiety, people live with stress that you know the levels of stress that have never been seen before. Would well, to me, would we'll, we'll look at this and look at the the kind of society expectations we created. with something here isn't working right? We're all trying to fit into the cookie cutter. And it's not working, it's putting people under pressure. I mean, we put ourselves under pressure to be certain way, to do certain things, to achieve certain things and so on. So I feel that like that approach of, of creating a new vision is like, actually, drop all of that. If I forgot all everything that has been or everything that I have done and I just think about how do I want to spend the next, the next book that I'm writing and what do I want to achieve, then I think that helps you to dig deep and think what really matters to you um, and then figure out, okay, well, that matters to me. Like, what are my beliefs about, and what do I need to develop? How do I need to become more self-aware, and so on. So it's it's very good for, for reflection, which I don't think we do enough. Um, and often, I think reflection happens, and I am guilty of that. I'm not preaching, like, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm perfect. My reflection also came the second time as a result of an adversity, and very often when life kind of throws you off one path and literally chucks you on a, a path that you completely didn't expect, that's when the time comes to think, okay, what do I really want? Um, and I think that's helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. So often we don't look inside. You know, we just don't even take the time. We're like, oh, I know I know who I am. I know what I am about. I'm, I've got it figured out. I'm going to keep moving on because I don't need to reflect on what I, what I am or who I am. But is there like a good way that you could get people to just... Like stop and take that time to look in. Is there a way to like force people to do that without, like you know, causing them to go through something horrible first?
1: I think. Well, first of all, I definitely recommend um, doing it from inspiration rather than pain. Uh, There's definitely a much better way of of doing it. I think. Um, I personally love solitude. I know people sometimes shy away from it because it feels like, oh, am I gonna be lonely? But I don't think, I don't think you can ever be lonely. Like you ultimately we have to be comfortable with ourselves. And I think solitude really helps you to get to know yourself. Um, But I think the best way is is take yourself out out of your natural habitat. So often people be like, okay, well even if I want to create a vision for myself, I'm going to sit at my kitchen table and do this. Well, you're going to sit at your kitchen table. You're going to be stroking the cat with your food. You're going to be thinking what you're going to have for dinner. Someone will need your attention, and you're going to be checking your Instagram or whatever. It's just not going to work because the environment that we're in, day in day out, our minds and body get conditioned to be and feel and think certain things in those environments. So, so if you always feel certain way in your kitchen, the minute you enter that kitchen, the feelings and the thoughts that you always have there are there with you. You're not even conscious of them because they they become um, subconscious. So then when you sit in that natural habitat how can you create anything new you're not going to because you're already thinking in the realm of your current reality so you will you you will be putting barriers and restrictions immediately or rather than having okay well this is my vision and then once you created the vision then you think who do I need to become and then who am I now and what's the gap between the now and, and the future self and how do I get from from now to the future self Rather than thinking thinking that, you sit in your, yeah, in your house or in a comfortable environment and basically you're really thinking, well, this will not be possible because, I don't know, the kitchen is too small or because the cat is going to be a, you know, it's going to be tying you down to something. So all of the things that are in your day-to-day will be seen as challenges rather than letting yourself be more creative and, and visionary. So I always recommend... Remove yourself and you don't have to go to the other side of the world or you don't have to go to a fancy hotel, but just go somewhere different and somewhere where you feel comfortable, but not like wearing your old slippers <laughs> where your brain brain just goes on autopilot and there is rhythm any creativity. And I feel like um, it's always important for me to just, whatever you said, take a minute and just connect to yourself. Just enjoy the present moment, like send the phone off, like get rid of the technology just appreciate the fact that we, I feel like we don't appreciate, and I'm also guilty of it enough. Like we are here, we have been equipped with the most intelligent and sophisticated piece of kit on this planet, which is our our mind and body. They're like so powerful. Like your heart is pumping without you even knowing about it. Like your immune system is working 24 seven. You don't even, you know, you don't have to manage You don't have to instruct You don't have, you know, you don't have to tell your lungs to take a breath. It, it just happens, yeah. You don't have to tell you how to beat. It just happens. So all of that happens and we don't really think about it. And then we allow our brains to run us and somehow over time we stop trusting ourselves. We we stop trusting our intuition. And I think how crazy is this? Like so you've got this body that basically works twenty four seven without you interfering, managing it, instructing it, telling it what to do or whatever. Yet when it comes to making a decision or creating something, you feel like you have to look for the answers everywhere. But within you, you suddenly start hunting for you know for the blueprints, for the formulas, for the secret keys, for whatever the next big thing is, instead of just connecting to yourself for a minute, appreciating the moment, and then thinking, okay. here we are, what do I really want? What really matters to me? And forgetting, you know, forget the world outside, whether that's the digital world or the actual world, just forget it for a minute. If none of this existed, what would you want to create? Who would you want to be? Like what really makes you feel happy? And to me, it's really important that we have our own definitions of happiness, of love, of care or whatever, because very often, People will say, oh, you know, I'm very happy for them. But if they only did, well, we all judge people through our own lenses and our own lenses of logic and our own lenses of belief and and so on. But my lens is completely different to you, right? So what happiness means to me may be completely different to you. Therefore, to me, that couldn't be like, well, I'm happy for them. But if only they did. No, if they're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> That's all that matters. So you know, connect to yourself, take the time, define what happiness would mean to you. Think about what emotions you want to feel in your day, in the life that you're creating. And I think that's, I feel like I'm going on now, but I feel like this is really important because very often we don't spend any time thinking about what we are actually thinking and the thoughts we're having every day. We don't realize what emotions we're driven by every day and how much of every day we actually spend being angry or frustrated or worried or anxious and so on and these are the emotions that we get addicted to these are then the emotions that are driving you day in day out without even knowing so to me like a, a big big thing is if you want to change and transform something from an inspiration get yourself outside of the natural habitat give yourself a few hours forget the whole world literally look within appreciate appreciate yourself and you know your body and your mind for, for the incredible miracle that you really are and then think, okay, what do I really want? What really matters? What will make me really happy? What emotions do I want to feel? What do I want to achieve? And I don't even mean achievement in terms of success or work or whatever. You know, every everyone has a different idea. For some people, it may be family. For some people, it may be relationship. For some people, it may be wealth. Whatever. Whatever that means to you. But I think that really spending some time on your own and looking within is, Is paramount because otherwise you will always be chasing somebody else's ideas for what your life should look like.
0: Yeah, it feels like I've had people recommend these things and I didn't really put it all together until hearing you talk about it. Where they're like, oh, I go running because, you know, thinking about having to keep one foot in front of the other and not, you know, not get hit by a car. It helps me to escape kind of my thought process. And it also helps you escape like your kitchen, right? You're not sitting and thinking about who you are when you're in the kitchen. And the same thing when people are like, oh, well, you meditate, which is like try and drown out literally everything except for, you know, who you are in the moment. And both of those things are very much what you're saying, where you're like, just try to not be what you're expecting yourself to be. Let yourself just exist, and let you your subconscious mind or your you know your background thought process kind of lead you somewhere. And you know if you get into that mode and you can think about it, there is a really good thought there that you said, which is, you know, what emotions do you want to be experiencing? Because if we sat and thought every time we had like negative emotions, is this what I want to be experiencing? I don't think we would ever choose to go through it. We're like, oh, I'm so angry. I hate that, you know, this person put me in this situation. And you're like, okay, do you want to be feeling angry? Well, no. Okay. Can we stop feeling angry? (laughs) Oh, I guess. I guess we can do that. Like, can we just stop?
1: Yeah, I think this is a a paramount uh, point that you've just mentioned. So we often say, oh, so-and-so has made me angry, or this situation infuriated me. Well, actually... We generate those emotions. So it's not that person, it's not the circumstances, it's not the item, it's ourselves. That It's the thought that you're having about the person or the circumstances or whatever situation that is generating the emotions. So your thoughts generate your emotions and then your emotions generate the chemicals that the body produces. So chemicals of stress, for example, if you get angry with someone. And the way the brain works is that if you have an angry thought, your brain isn't suddenly going to switch to thinking about flowers and roses. It's going to give you another angry thought and it's going to build on it. So unless you become the master of your brain and the master of your mind, which really that's the point, like we shouldn't be the servants of our minds, but we have become the servants of our minds in a lot of ways. Um unless you switch that and be like, actually, I choose not to think that though. I choose not to be angry because. If you think about so many illnesses actually being now linked to stress, well, this is its not coming from anywhere else other than our own heads because we stress, we have we have stressful thoughts. We're worried about our inbox exploding. We're worried about, I don't know, money or work situation or whatever. But all of that is just in our heads and then that generates the emotions and then the emotions are generating the chemicals produced in our body. And if it is chemicals of stress, and if you do that day in, day out, then ultimately your immune system at some point cannot cope with this because you stress the whole time and then that leads to illnesses. But it is in our heads and it is in our power to change this. And, and this is where the reflection, like, do I, what you said, like, do I really want to feel like this? Do I choose to feel angry? Is key. And that doesn't mean that you should be burying your emotions or not think them, not at all. You shouldn't be bottling emotions whatsoever. But I think the key here is to acknowledge, like, okay, this makes me angry. Like, I'm angry about it, but I don't want to feel like this. So, okay, what's the learning in here? And not allowing the anger to be with you for 10, 15 minutes or even an hour or even longer sometimes. And I think often people don't realize that the brain doesn't actually know that what you're thinking is not actually happening. The brain thinks that, you are in the moment, and it's happening. So, for example, if I think of my if I think of my life falling apart on New Year's Eve, and I remember it now, my mind does not know that I am not in that situation. My mind thinks that I am again in New Year's Eve, and the same thing is happening. And that gener- will generate whatever I'm thinking, the memories that I'm bringing up is going to generate the same emotions that I had on that night. And those emotions are gonna generate the same stress that I had on that night, even though it's now twelve almost twelve months later. So because of that, so many so many people live basically based on their past, on the memories, or worrying about the future, worrying what's gonna to happen tomorrow. It's not happening right now, but your mind doesn't know that because you're thinking about it and your mind thinks that it's happening. And I feel like that's such an important thing to remember because Even in I had a conversation with my mother a couple of weeks ago, and she got really upset about something that happened 30 years ago. And I'm like, 30 years ago, and you're still really upset about them. Like, it does not impact anyone who was part of that situation all those years ago, but yourself. Like, you are the one who is now causing yourself stress because of a memory that you bring bring in from the past. So, of course, when traumatic situations happen, and they happen to all of us, they can brand us. And they can be very hard to get over. But th- the point is that we have the power to choose to them not to drive a future. So you can move on with wisdom and not with wounds. You can become the master of your mind and take the reins. And yes, the situation you need to work through it and it will be painful depending on whatever situation you're facing. But the key is to be able to move on from it and look back on it. And see the lessons, but not feel the negative emotions, not being back in there every time you think about it. Because that way, you're giving away all your power to whoever was part of the situation or whatever the situation was. was. You're giving away all your power to everything that's outside of you rather than yourself. And the power Mm -hmm. is in our mind. You can't take the wisdom from it and build your future on the wisdom rather than on wounds.
0: Yes. It's very interesting, actually, to think about that. Like, you know, you're forcing yourself to relive these moments through this emotion because, yeah, you think about, like, somebody has wronged you. And then you're, like, you get hot and flushed and angry and your hands start sweating and you start, you know, your heart rate goes up. And it's like you're you're putting yourself in that moment without literally any requirement to be there. Like, whatever you're doing doesn't need you to be you know, heart rate up and heated and and whatever it is, like, you're sitting at the bank. You don't need to have any of these emotions, but because you don't have anything else to do, like, you let yourself go back there. And we don't... I mean, we probably do it, I assume, the other way, right? Like, when we have happy thoughts, I'm sure it makes us smile and feel good, and we never, like, take the time to acknowledge that that happens. Like, I can't think of the last time I, I had a memory where I was like, oh, that made me really happy right now. And just, like, embrace that moment. So it's almost like we are stuck in these routines where we're like, well, I don't acknowledge the good ones. I just acknowledge the bad ones and how often the exact same moment has made me mad since that moment. percent. So kind of, like, we kind of have to break ourselves out of the mold you're talking about where it's like, okay, you know how do, I, how do I focus more on enjoying these positive thoughts or do I just need to consciously think about them more?
1: Yeah, I think it is, um, it is important to identify your patterns of thought uh, because if you don't identify and change your patterns, they will own you and they will run you and they will be the autopilot that you have mentioned. And this isn't just for traumatic situations or big events that happen in your life. This is the same if you get angry at work and you come home and you talk to your partner, you talk to your friends, and you are telling the story what are you doing you're back in the situation that happened maybe six or eight hours ago but who does it impact does it impact the person or the situation that was involved no it only impacts you because you're the one who again is fighting yourself to be feeling a certain way that might not be the happiest way and again because we're so you know misery lost company right and we're so used to Talking about more of the world, the, the bad things, or you know the traumatic things, rather than the happy things, what happens is it's just like you get addicted to alcohol or you know cigarettes or whatever addictions there are. Our bodies and our minds get addicted to our thoughts and emotions. So if you leave, you know, if every day you feel angry, and I, and I can talk about it from experience. So I have always um, seen myself as someone who's very positive very enthusiastic and this is how i was perceived by others and i saw myself as that too and then i started to observe myself basically you have to become very self-aware and when i mean self-aware i mean the awareness of the self on the self because very often self-awareness is perceived as i'm aware of how i impact the the environment around me and the people around me whether i come across well well spoken you know intelligent enough whatever else That's not what I'm talking about. That is important, but that's a separate thing. I'm talking about the awareness of the self on the self and what are the thoughts that you're having and what emotions they're generating every single day. Because when you become the observer of this and you identify how much time you actually spend every day feeling angry or feeling anxious or feeling stressed against how much time you spend feeling happy, feeling grateful, feeling love, you know, feeling caring and so on, I was shocked and I was someone who considered myself being very positive. And then when I started to really every day consciously see what's happening and what am I feeling, I realized that I spent so much time being angry and frustrated about the silliest little things. And then I realized that that, that was just the pattern of my life. I'd been like this. My family had been like this and I'd been like this from a young age. And it just became the norm to a point where you don't realize it anymore. Um, and like with an addiction, you don't even know that you have a problem for a long period of time, right? And it is a bit like when you go in, when you move into a new house and you see that there are bits that need doing because you're looking at it with fresh pair of eyes, you're like, oh, I'm going to paint the kitchen, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But after months go on, you see less and less of that. And then, for example, you move, you're moving somewhere else five years later and you're like, oh, I was going to paint the kitchen. It never happened, even though I had five years. This is a little bit like that, where if you don't, you know, if you live with it every day and you don't look within and you don't observe yourself and you don't, you know, pay attention to the to the impact of the self on the self, you don't even notice how much time you spend feeling certain feelings. Um, so that's important to to identify because once you identify, you can change it. And that does not mean that you will never get angry again or never get frustrated. Of course, you will, and that's normal and it's it's fine, of course. But don't linger. In that anger or frustration or stress or worry for hours you know let yourself react then think okay do i really want to feel like this and then switch but here i think it's also important when you want to think of something else so if you know our minds if, if you tell yourself don't think about chocolate what are you going to do think about chocolate why right? you can't stop thinking about thinking about chocolate because you told yourself not to do that so This is how the mind works and it's tricky. So instead of just saying, oh, I don't want to feel angry or I'm not going to think angry thoughts, your brain is not going to help you in that moment. Your brain is just going to give you more angry thoughts. So that's why it's important to have a substitute. So I would be like, okay, whenever I feel like this or whenever I'm getting an angry thought, I will choose to think about X. And I always had a substitute topic to think about because the minute you say, don't think about this, your brain is going to want to think about that particular thing and if you think i want to think about something else out of the literally gazillion of things that your mind is capable of thinking your mind will go blank suddenly you can't think of anything other than chocolate (laughs) so always have a substitute
0: yeah no that's i mean that's really good it's a lot better than like the idea that immediately came into my mind where i was like okay how do we break from like engaging in this negative angry sad whatever it is behavior I was like, I guess you could use like a shock collar. But <laughs> I'm like, well that's probably not gonna be super helpful.
1: Well, I think you can do whatever works. Like we're all unique, but like you can find your way, but just don't don't try to do don't think don't try to tell yourself, don't think about chocolate and hope that your brain is gonna stop thinking about chocolate and all suddenly help you think about something else. It's always because the brain is obviously we, we install patterns of thought every, you know, over the years. Like it, it basically it creates neural pathways so it is like when you're going to work every day the same way right you go on an autopilot sometimes you get out of the car and you can't remember the journey right but you have driven the car um, and it's exactly the same with your thoughts so if we think something day in day out that becomes like the highway to work right and the brain uses it all the time and it's automatic and it's the autopilot so then when you tell the brain oh, oh we're not going to go this way we're going to take an alternative route." it's going to take a while to figure out what is the alternative route. And it's going to take a while for the brain to get used to the alternative route and start taking it. So that's why in the, in this, in the cases, you you have to help your mind, basically, and not allow it to just go, well, no, no, I always go this way, so that's the way we're going to go again. Um, because that's just taking you back to your own old thinking.
0: Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of patterns, like that's how our, our brain functions, is like it just builds patterns and then we remember those forever. Do you think it's easier, and I was just having this thought, like, okay, every time I think about chocolate, I'm also going to think about, you know, and now I can't think of one because I was trying to think of a substitute on the spot, but like, I'm going to think about bread instead, whatever the, the thing is, um, is that helpful? Versus like, could we also engage in like something physical where you're like, oh, every time I feel happy, I'm going to snap my fingers. And then when I'm feeling sad, like I'll snap my fingers and I'll remember feeling happy. Like, can you also...
1: That, well, yeah. You can absolutely do that. I mean, in NLP, the, uh, the, we call it anchoring. Well, basically, if you do that, your mind and, and your body will get conditioned to associate the, you know, snapping your fingers with a happy moment. So every time, I don't know, you have a great meeting or you, you record a great podcast and whatever, you snap your fingers and then the mind and, and the and the body will associate that with the happy feeling and you feeling like, you know, on top of the world or whatever it is that you are feeling then every time you do that it brings back those emotions because it becomes it becomes a positive pattern rather than having a negative one
0: yeah your brain's like oh hey we only do this when we're experiencing good things so we must be experiencing a good thing
1: absolutely absolutely and that it is a great way of doing it and Sometimes, it, you know, you have to be more conscious of it at the start because you've, like, you're like basically unlearning and taking away, switching off some autopilots and, and putting new ones in. So it takes a little bit of manual work, but over time it becomes it, it becomes normal. Just like sometimes you can't really remember your pin number, but you go to the pin pad and your finger will follow the, the, the pin pad and somehow you know the number, right, without even thinking much about it. And it's the same. Then you snap your fingers and suddenly those emotions come in. Because that's what you conditioned your mind to think about when you snap your fingers.
0: Yeah, like you said, you know, you're building a pattern. It's not easy. It's not like developing an addiction. unfortunately, it's you know requires a lot of work and a thought to it. And now I'm thinking about I have to pick something that I don't do all the time already because I like snap my fingers even like quietly when I am my hands are idle for too long. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't <laughs> use snapping because I do it all the time already.
1: <laughs> Well, you can tap yourself on the shoulder. you'll You'll find something that feels comfortable.
0: Yeah, I like that. Is there a good way, you know, we're feeling these like negative things in moments. Is there a good way as we come up to like, you know, a lot of intense moments this, at the end of this year, like holidays are sometimes very stressful for people because they're either like stressed, you know, not having family to go see or because family is always surrounded by this, like, chronic drama. Is there a good way to, like, get us through that? Like a survival guide for the holidays?
1: I think, yeah, I think survival guide, guide for the holidays for me is kindness. And, and again, kindness is always often seen as kindness towards others. But I think kindness includes kindness to yourself. So having clear boundaries is being kind to yourself having your own definition for what happiness or good time means to you is kindness to yourself. So these things are important because very often we feel under pressure to be sent way or to do certain things when we're around family and so on. Um, this, is, this is your life. This is your life experience. This is the moment that we're in now. It's never going to happen again. So you are in charge of the experience and you need to decide whether Whatever is happening around you is worth the experience that you're creating for yourself. So I feel sometimes when people get stressed, or if you feel like things are on top of you, and there is such a chaos everywhere, and you know, family obviously plays a plays a big role in it. Sometimes because everyone gets stressed, at times you just think, is anyone or anything in the world really worth you getting stressed? and ultimately making yourself ill at some point over this. No. So it is taking that control of your experience and really remembering that you are the creator of your experience. And even if there is chaos with family, like, hey, if you feel like you want to go for a walk, take the dog out, go for a walk, see the Christmas lights, leave the chaos. Even if it's for 10, 20 minutes, it really helps. You know, or go for a run or, be clear, like, I'm going to be here, but actually I want to leave at 7pm because I want to sit on the sofa and, you know, watch a movie on my own. Fine, we're adults, we're here to create our experience. And I think the people who care for you, and, you, you know, your family will care for you, I hope. Um, the people who really care for you, they want you to do what's best for you, right? So they'll understand, you don't have to feel under pressure um, to be certain way or to do certain things. And I feel like if it comes to, like, maybe societal like expectations and you're feeling, you know, being judged or worrying or being judged, it's actually the people who care for you will still care for you and will want the best for you. And the people who don't, they're not your tribe, they're not your worry, even if they don't, you know, even if they don't approve of what you're doing, who cares, right, who cares? Um so it is going back to your boundaries, to being clear on who you are and what you want and what you want the experience to be. You can also plan, like, what do you want this Christmas to be? Because if every year you associate Christmas with chaos, with family stress, with being under pressure, with being exhausted and whatever, well, guess what? You're going to go into this period already feeling stressed, already, already feeling the drama in your body before it even happens. So maybe spend some time thinking, actually, what experience do I want to create? And then when you know what experience you want to create, and of course there will be other people and there will be things that will happen and that will trigger you and there will be some stress like that part of life. But it doesn't have to be the autopilot of, I know it's going to be stressful. I know it's going to be intense. I know it's going to be this. Life. Ultimately, it's meant to be time of us coming together or celebrating or having fun. What does that mean to you? And then if you know what that means and what do you want it to look like, then you think, okay, well, how do I make it happen? What do I mean for myself? And if that means arriving a little bit later, leaving a little bit earlier, taking yourself out for a walk or taking yourself out for that front to another room, that's cool. And you can just make it clear to people. And there's always a bit of give and take. But I think that clarity for yourself is really helpful. And then again, the people who feel like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe I don't have anyone a, there, there's always support groups and you can always reach out to people and, and B, there are always people like, I would always welcome anyone. <laughs> if anyone feels like, you know, they want to chat, like, send me an email and we'll jump on Zoom. It Like, that's the thing about, like, having access to the world and your fingertips now. We can meet, we can chat and work. i will never done anyone my time if someone feels like, you know, they want to have a cup of tea or hot chocolate over Zoom. Or, and there is lots of people like this. But I think... The other thing is that as society, it's almost perceived like, oh, if you're on your own at Christmas, you must be lonely. I completely don't believe in this. I love being on my own. I love solitude. And and I think the big part of it is when you really are so self-aware and you know who you are and you know the person you are becoming and you want to become and you're working on yourself whatever, you love yourself for the human you are because you know that the work that you're doing you 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 know it works and you appreciate yourself for this and you feel grateful for this and you feel like you know what i've come so far and that helps you love yourself not in a vain way but in like oh my god you know the things that i am doing i could be sitting on a sofa doing nothing being miserable but i am working on myself i am changing my thoughts i am creating my future and whatever that makes you feel so much happier in your own company therefore people like people would be asking me like oh do you not feel lonely traveling on your own and i'm like wow that didn't even cross my mind no <laughs> because i know that if i want to talk to someone i can pick up the phone and call someone or i can you know i or i can contact someone i can talk to strangers like we've lost that kind of ability or willingness to just talk to the person next door and there are there is 8 billion there's eight billion of us right so many people there is no need for anyone to feel lonely and of course christmas may feel like oh my family is far away like for example my mom lives in italy i'm in canada right now we won't be spending the time together but we will make sure that we connect so there's there's always ways but you have to choose to see this way rather than choose to see us oh this is a sad time i don't have anyone because even if you don't have anyone there will be other people who have who don't have anyone and you can actually not just make you Christmas or weekend or whatever period of time. It's not just about Christmas. You can make someone else's day just by, you know, showing up or talking to them because we don't know what's going on in people's lives. So it's looking at it more holistically and not just from, oh, you know, I'm maybe lonely or I, I don't know who to talk to or whatever. Go and chat to people, even if it's just hello yeah
0: and i totally support like there's nothing wrong with being you know alone having time for yourself i thoroughly enjoy it i have a lot of time where i'm just like it's just me you know sitting doing whatever that's perfectly fine i think it's okay and yeah engaging in some of that you know like we have talked about throughout this interview self-reflection use that time you're alone you've got a moment think about things in your life how you feel in this moment and then if you are at those holidays, like you're surrounded by people, you can still take those moments of you know, self-reflection and awareness to say like, you know what? The place I'm in right now, the people around me, whatever they're doing, whatever is going on, I don't feel great about it. I'm going to take a step outside. I'm going to walk around for a minute. I'll be back. You know, even letting people know, Hey, I'll be back. I'm going to step out. It also gives them a moment to be self-aware. Because they're like, oh, you know, major change has happened in the environment. Are we all being one way or another? Are we being kind of negative? Are we being kind of aggressive? Whatever, what is it? Because, you know, someone we care about just like left for an indeterminate amount of time. You know, maybe we need to self-reflect. And that can reset kind of everyone at the event just because you are self-aware and you kind of get to smile to yourself about that and, you know, do your anchoring procedure to be happier about that thought as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, that question kind of wraps up a lot of the thoughts that we've had. Well, at least I feel like it.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, if you always argue with your siblings or your partner on the way to your family for Christmas, think about it before Christmas happens and think, what are you gonna do not to have the argument this year? Like what normally triggers it and how are you going to react this time that will be different to how you reacted last year and the year before and so on. Because ultimately, if you always react in the same way, you always get the same outcome, right? And if it's stressful, if it's anger or whatever frustration, then that's not the outcome that you want. Then you need to consider, well, how am I, if that situation happens again? And of course you will be challenged and tested and situations will happen again but you are in charge of your reaction. And with your reaction, like you say, you can change the outcome. And then when people see it, they're like, oh, wow, wow, Colton has done something here, right? Like, how much better is this? Like, I want a bit of this. I wanna, you know, I wanna try this out for myself. And and ultimately that has a positive impact, like I said, on, on everybody. So it is about thinking like, what am I gonna do? What are the things that are, that are the patterns, that are the other routines, the other the habitual reactions that we have got? and think, okay, well, if I always have an argument with my mother, I don't know, Turkey. <laughs> what am I going to do when the Turkey comes up this year and I don't want the situation to end up in an argument? What am I going to do? How am I going to behave? And and you're in charge of this. And, and this is the, the power that I think is, is incredible that we have got. And, and we just don't pay enough attention to it because we get so busy. We install this autopilot. And this is where you know, we were talking that it takes a little bit of time manually unlearn some of the things and, and learn new things but we need to also be mindful that we have installed those autopilots over years and years and years and years they didn't happen overnight <laughs> they happen over a longer periods of time so now I when I get those patterns and I can identify them in my head I feel like I can't even get frustrated with my own head and with my own mind because I installed it in that. I was in charge of this. So now I'm in charge of changing it to something else. And I can't blame my mind or body for it because I'm the one in charge of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is that. And there is, you know, the one thing I think I realized, you know, in this moment where I'm like, we haven't discussed this, but it is actually like a major event, something that we would change, you know, completely is if a lot of us start to learn how to, you know, reflect and engage on our own thoughts and emotions and the way we want to to do things moving forward, that kind of has this ripple effect, right? That, like, it starts with a small group of people. It starts to impact the people around them. Then maybe they decide, like, oh, that looks really healthy, or they're way happier. I kind of want to do it, like you said. Like, how can I get myself some of this? And then it just, like, keeps spreading like that. Every time you interact with people, you can kind of spread that thought. And before long, you know, it turns society from, like, oh, well, look how I was impacted negatively like look at this negative thing that i have to share turns into like well how can we feel better about it and then like you know before you know it you've caused a global shift
1: yeah and i like i truly believe in this and i don't think this is like exaggeration but when we talk about things like you know people joke what do you want for christmas i want world peace it's never going to happen well actually i believe that it can happen but it can only happen with all of us being peaceful so peace If you're a peaceful person and you work on, you know, feeling peace and and leading your life predominantly with emotions of peace, then your family will be living in peace and more peaceful. If your family is like this, that's going to have the ripple effect on the community that you live in. If the communities are living with more peace, that has obviously impact on the wider communities. And ultimately, it's not about going, oh, we want world peace, you know, going out on the streets and... And demanding it, it is about the bits that we can do to ourselves. The more peaceful humans, the more loving humans, the more kind humans, the more humans that appreciate themselves for who we are and are at peace with it, the better the world. So, you know, when people say, oh, well, peace is never going to happen. Well, actually, you need to be, you need to play your role in it. And the best role you can play is to be that peaceful human or to be that kind human or the loving human if you want to see more love you need to be more loving if you want to be see more kindness you need to be more kind um so it, and it all starts with us and we have got the power to become that and even if you had you know traumatic experiences and, and adversities and we all have them we all have them and it is not easy but you have always got the choice to either allow it to brand you and dictate your future and who you are going to become as a result of something that has happened once, or take the lesson from it and actually help you to create a better future.
0: Yeah, and so many people want to be like, oh, why, if only I could be that person that like helped other people, or if only I was you know, a leader or I was in charge of something, guess what? The sooner you learn to do these things that we've talked about, the sooner you master them and the sooner you kind of like master yourself. And then you're looking around at other people trying to learn it. You get to become that leader, that mentor, that helpful person. That's like, Hey, I remember when I was struggling like that, you know, let me give you a hand up and tell you what I did to like figure it out for myself. And maybe that helps you. And you know, you get to kind of engage in that. So there is incentive in like putting the effort in to learn these things quickly.
1: 100 percent, and it's free you have all the resources within you like all the resources within you i feel like as a society we have been brainwashed and hypnotized to think that there's something wrong with us that we're not good enough that there's something that we need to search for and then you you need to search for the answers outside where in actual fact they are within but you have to give yourself that time to look within and to do the work
0: absolutely i think that's a great message to leave people with i would love to give you some time to share you know where people can find you and the things you do
1: of course so you can find me all over the internet <laughs> you can find me on instagram at nina underscore the midlife revolution um my website is www.themidliferevolution.com i'm also on uh, facebook and uh, nina szewzzak one Which is my surname that is difficult to pronounce, hence I don't tend to use it much, and the same on LinkedIn. Um, And also, I have a free ebook, it's called The Midlife Revolution, and it goes through a lot of the processes and it uses um, and has exercises that you can do to help you to become more self aware and to help you to create the experience that you want to create. So that's available. And and of course, I'm always available to chat. I love talking with people, as I'm sure you have guessed by now, but I am. I'm a true believer that, you know, the chances of of you or me or any of the humans being born is one in over 400 trillion. I mean, that's like, it's such a ridiculous listening chance. yet we are here. So if we're here on this incredible planet that I'm in so much awe of, I think, you know, Mother Nature did a stunning job and then we have added to it um, with the, you know, human intelligence, we need to make the most of it. Life is really so brief, like, I, I feel so passionate about us, making the most of the brief sparkle that we've got here, and being able to maximize the resources that we have been given, like use the power of our mind and use the power of you know our heart also and the love, and what we can create with it as as humanity it is incredible. So yeah, you can find me all over the internet, and I'm always happy to chat, so you can always message me. Um, you can always email me. At my email is Nina at the mid- uh, the mid-life revolution.com. And, yeah, happy to also answer any other questions or help anyone. I just want, yeah, I just want us to have, all, all of us to have an incredible experience.
0: That's so awesome. Thank you again so, so much for being on the show. I appreciate it immensely. It's been awesome.
1: And thanks so much for having me. I absolutely love your show. And you like it feels such an honor and privilege because I listened to your show and I would see, hear some of the guests and it's been so helpful for me as well. Um, because there's so many useful tools and tips that are coming out of, uh, of your shows. Yeah, I feel absolutely honoured and privileged to have been able to, to have that conversation with you. And I, yeah, I hope that people will find it helpful. And of course, if you want any more resources, then just let me know.
0: Do you feel more informed having listened to this episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast? If so, please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify or Audible. If you really liked it, remember to subscribe for more episodes and check out the nearly 100-episode backlog I've built up. Let me know what you'd like to hear by reaching out and emailing me, dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com, or send a message on any of the show pages like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. The December rankings, as we are just about halfway done... Number one, the United States, with California, Oregon, and New York as the top states. Number two, the United Kingdom. Number three, Canada, with Ontario holding the top province spot. Number four, Australia, now led by New South Wales. And number five, New Zealand. And these spots have been really competitive. I am loving it. That's it for today. I'll see you all Thursday. Bye-bye.